Welcome back to another episode of The Only Playbook. Episode 19, week 10 has kicked off. It is Friday, November 12th. I'm Sweetcar, got show Chovit. What's going on, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, bro. Happy Friday. We made it, man. What's good? Cheers to the weekend. More football on tap. Weird game last night. What's going on with that one? Dude, I don't know, man. That I was rooting for the Dolphins like I've never rooted for them before. And uh, it felt good to actually have a team win that you root for for a change. <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah, what's that like, right? Um, but we'll, we'll talk more about that game. And nonetheless, it was a wild one. Appreciate you guys joining us. Again, it's Friday. Um, <clears throat> we want to talk about week 10. Week 10's on tap. We're officially halfway through the season maybe a little bit more. So uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit of a couple of mid-season um, special edition segments we want to throw out to you guys today. So first things first, um, all the support we've gotten so far, we certainly appreciate. If you like our content, if you enjoy listening to us, ramble, talk shit, uh, you know, banter, whatever it is, um, give us a follow, give us a shout out, tweet at us at only playbook. Uh, we have an Instagram, we have a TikTok. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor FM, right? The whole freaking nine yards. So um, certainly appreciate the support and tell your friends, tell your friends, friends, tell your dads, tell your moms, grandmas, grandpas, dogs, cats, babies. Dang, if you're going to say all those things, they're going to leave somebody out. Yeah, and all of the above. Everybody, everybody that I did not include, tell them because they should know. And I think they'll enjoy our content. So everybody that's supported us so far, thank you so much. Keep it coming. Um, as always, let's kick off the episode show. Um, we have a slew of injuries. It's Friday. We still have two more days, one real big day tomorrow uh, before shit gets finalized. But who's on the injury report? Yeah, uh, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, uh, your injury guy here. Um, I guess I'm not dressed too well for this weather, but uh, <laughs> it works. Um <laughs> Yeah, okay. you're you're indoors, so it's all right. That's true, but I had to walk here, dude. You can't just you can't you can't just come in here like this. Um, but yeah, anyways, back to the injuries. Uh, so Russell Wilson is activated. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how to explain this. It, it, I don't think it's ever happened before this quickly. Uh, so the one the few things of concern here that we should uh, worry about is if it is cold um, and he does have hardware in his finger that could stiffen up that finger. Um, so he can't make a fist, but he doesn't have to make a fist when throwing a football. He just needs to be able to do this maneuver. So um, as long as he can do that, which he can, in practice, he's been doing fine. They said he looks just like regular Russell Wilson, but he can't do this. Good thing in football, you don't have to do this unless you're trying to get a ball out of somebody's hand. Um, so yeah, he'll be fine. The only concern is if it gets, gets really cold and it stiffens up and you know that could cause some pain, but it's Russell Wilson, dude. He's like, probably like mama mentality, full effect, dude. So he'll be fine. Um, and uh, his counterpart, Chris Carson, even though there was a lot of talk that he may play, looks like he's not going to play. So Alex Collins is one more week of starter material kind of stuff going on here with Alex Collins. Um, I personally, I just picked him up. I dropped a couple of players that I had that may start, that may not start for multiple teams this week. And I ended up dropping one of those guys for Alex Collins, just in case, uh, because he does get, um, you know, majority of the carries and he does get some passing down work with uh, Homer and some other guys that get like little to no love on that team. So could be a nice little play there uh, against the Packers who are basically middle of the pack and run stopping. So, uh, yeah, so Carson's not playing. Uh, Julio Jones, what the F, bro? Like, why did I draft you? Why did anybody draft you? Do you want to play? Do you not want to play? How's your hamstring? Do you even have any more hamstring left to tear? Because that seems to be 
a huge problem. Can't stay healthy. Um, each week you see like ESPN, CBS, this is the week Julio Jones pops off. But yeah, if he's not on the field, he's not going to pop off. So I don't know. If he didn't practice again, very low chance he'll actually be, you know, even efficient to any level, even if he does play. So yeah, I'm fading Julio Jones completely this week. If he scores, I don't care. Uh, Camara surprise uh, out this week. They're, they've been real, real sketchy, low-key sketch level with the Saints organization with this whole Camara thing. Nobody knows the extent of this injury. Nobody knows what the exact injury is. We just know it's a knee injury, and it's bad because they went and got a bunch of running backs. And, um, yeah, so Camara is definitely out this week. There is a possibility he might not play for a while, but we don't know. They haven't. They're not giving us much information. So, um, But we just know it's significant enough for him, for them to get more running backs and um, for him to be out, you know, early as Friday. So, yeah, Kamara not playing this week. Uh, Damian Harris, Ram- uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, these are some of the people that I've picked up uh, during this week. Just in case if one of these three guys gets the um, the bulk of the start, they would be RB2 caliber starting material. So uh, Damian Harris looks like he's not playing. He hasn't done anything as far as showing signs of being able to play. So I'm kind of fading him out of having – possibility of playing on Sunday. Uh, Stevenson, there is a good chance he might play. So uh, if you're a Bolden, is that his name? Bolden? Yeah, right. Brandon Bolden. Uh, Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so Brandon Bolden would be the bene- benefactor at if these two guys didn't play because he does get passing yards and he's, he would be running because they don't have much other guys running the ball there. So, uh, but if Ramondre Stevenson plays and he will do all the running and Bolden will stick to his normal role of playing third down guy and catching the balls. If, if neither of them plays, then we have Bolden, and we also have what's the other guy, JJ Taylor. Yeah, JJ Taylor. ESPN loves JJ Taylor. They've been um, ranking them pretty high up there. I don't know where they're getting that information, but it is ESPN, and if they are ranking them pretty high, then they might know something we don't know as far as JJ Taylor goes. So uh, yeah, if both of these guys don't play, I feel pretty confident starting Bolden in my flex, uh, especially in a half four PPR. Uh, but if one of these guys plays, then I'm staying the heck out of this situation. Um, Keenan Allen questionable, but looks like he'll play. Um, you know, they're kind of in a must win situation already. Um, not as bad as the other team they're playing, but, um, uh, Keenan Allen looks like he will play. I know questionable is a very tough thing to figure out, but, um, if you're listening to this and he, you see him as questionable, just, it should be a probable, um, uh, and then, um, Jamal Williams looks like he's not playing. He had that bye week before this week to get rid of whatever injury he was having with his thigh. I think it was like a, a quad contusion, but it might be worse than we expected. Not like anyone's, you know, openly starting Jamal Will, uh, Williams, but, um, you know, in deeper leagues, people want to keep him on their bench. I had him on my bench pretty much for like eight weeks. I dropped him during his bye because um, looks like, you know, Swift is back to health and um, they're probably going to go with their stud instead of worrying about Jamal Williams. And he's out this week. Uh, Nick Chubb officially out as of today uh, because of this whole COVID situation. He couldn't get back to back negatives. So he is out. Um, we don't know anything about Felton. We stay tuned until tomorrow to find out if he's going to get the second negative. Uh, looking at the situation right now, it looks like Felton got a negative today. Otherwise, if he didn't, they would have ruled him out. Uh, so we're just going to see if he gets another negative tomorrow, um, which is very likely if he got a negative today. These are all speculations. I'm just going by what I think. Um, but yeah, Chubb's out. So Dearness Johnson, you know, looking at how he played last week, I'm sure Dearness Johnson owners are super happy about this, as you should be, because um, – you know, if, if Chubb's out, Felton's out, Dearness Johnson is money. Even if Felton's in, Dearness Johnson's still money. Just a couple of catches here and there you probably wouldn't get, but it shouldn't scare you enough to not start him. Uh, 
CEH, um, I don't even know why I'm giving you this news because this guy blows, but um, he may not play this week. So more Daryl Williams, but um, Daryl Williams owners, this might be a good time to kind of like seek out some trades uh, because he has had some good weeks and he is a full down back. And if CEH, there's talks of CEH coming back. A lot of people probably don't know this yet. Um, so it might be time to kind of uh, sell high on uh, Daryl Williams. But um, yeah, CEH is probably not going to play this week. Andy Reid did not sound positive about him playing. Let me just say that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, on the other hand, will play this week. Uh, that should knock, you know, at least six targets away from the rest of the team. Um, mainly Michael Pittman, but Pittman, you know, up and coming superstar in the making. That should not affect him. They should still give him what he is uh, deserving of. If they're smart. Yeah, if they're smart, which I feel like they're they're a pretty well-rounded team. They're they're pretty dumb, but uh, I feel like you know they, you know they're they're uh, they're kind of a little sneaky little <laughs> right there. Um, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, he did start catching balls off of the ball machine, but he is out this week. Um, that's what it looks like, most likely out. Um, Logan Thomas is out yet again. Uh, a lot of people went after I told him last week to maybe go get him because the target share is just ridiculous with Logan Thomas. He plays pretty much every down and he has more routes run than any tight end when he is active. Uh, but he's looks like he's not playing again this week. So it might be a nice ad now. Um, speculative ad. Um, Chris Godwin, you know, it's a really weird situation. We were speculating last week that they were adding all these wide receivers and tight ends because Antonio Brown situation, but it looks like they knew Antonio Brown was going to be out a while. Um, and they were okay with what they had, but now that Chris Godwin's hobbled up, that's probably why they went and, added all these uh, people like Perriman and whatnot. Um, But yeah, uh, Johnson will probably be a good benefactor if Godwin doesn't play, but you know, he was there in the open portion of practice today, which is a good sign. It's usually if they don't show up to the open practice, uh, then they are probably not going to show up to practice at all. But if they're already there in the open portion of the practice, that's typically a good sign. So stay tuned. This is, this might be a game time situation. We might get some news tomorrow, but um, as of now, I'm probably like 60% sure he'll play. So we'll see. Uh, James Robinson is questionable, but it's, I think this is a very, uh, light questionable, um, Carlos Hyde. If you look at all the fantasy apps, his points have dropped significantly as of yesterday. Um, he was projected, you know, mid numbers, but now it's down to like three, three point something. So those are usually signs that, um, looks like Robinson will play this week, but that's going to be a Sunday uh, situation to maintain. So that's all the news for today. And, um, stay tuned on our social media, mainly Twitter, where you get, um, almost the bulk of the injury reports. Yeah, that's quite a list of injuries for week 10 um, at only playbook on Twitter for everything that's going to be up to the minute tomorrow. So appreciate the injury report. So again, we talked about this. This is the mid season episode, if you will, right? We're officially halfway through, maybe a little bit more. Um, I guess we're halfway through because it's 18 weeks this year and we're through week nine. So we want to do a couple of things a little bit differently. First things first, the three of us have compiled our own, uh, redraft of the top 10, top, top 12 fantasy picks, uh, as of today, right? So, so mm-hmm. much shit's changed. So many injuries, so many people not living up to expectations, so many people exceeding expectations. So I'm sure these, this redraft is going to be a lot different than how it originally went down, but um, I'm interested to hear your guys's perspective and your reasonings. Um, and there's a couple of guys that I have on the fence too, just obviously yeah. because they've been out with injuries as well. well. That's why we're doing this, right? To talk about those guys. Cause those are the hard decisions people probably have to make. So, yeah. How do you guys want to do it? Do you guys just want to go one person gives us the entire list or do you want to go, each of us gives us their number one and then we um, go. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever works, whatever you guys think. What do you think show it? Yeah. We can just do all of them and then okay. kind of. Uh, you want to start off? All right. Yeah. Can, 
So my number one pick for this redraft, midseason uh-huh. redraft, is running back from the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan wow. Taylor. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a proud father right now. That's nice to hear because I didn't even rank him number one. But I have, a, I have a number one. Oh wow! I'm I'm like a hard father then. I'm like a I'm like a strict dad over here. I'm but curious to know where where yours is. I'm you're, I'm he's just been performing lights out back to back games. I mean, like the whole season. Uh, the game against the uh, what was it? The Jets. Uh, he had like I, I don't know the numbers like over 100 yards um, and I think two touchdowns, something like that. Um, so Jonathan Taylor has been producing consistently um, week in week out. So for me. I think that moving forward, I, I like my chances with Jonathan Taylor as the number one running back. And they still haven't um, even given him 20 carries in any game yet. Yeah. And the guy he, still he has not sniffed 20 carries yet. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely That's ridiculous. Absolutely insane. Um, yeah. So my number two is going to be the Minnesota Vikings running back, Dalvin Cook, because it's Dalvin Cook. I mean, just the way he runs. I mean, the guy just. He just looks good, and the Vikings just love running the ball. I mean, they yeah. seems like they won't go their away own from that fucking demise. Yeah, Pro- probably, but not to my dis- demise. And the ball to Dalvin Cook. Yeah, uh, third and nine, fake the handoff to Dalvin Cook, then dump it off to Dalvin Cook. Uh, it's the Hey Arnold episode where it's like give the ball to Tucker, Tucker. but he hand the ball to Dalvin. Hand, hand the ball to Dalvin Cook, and and uh, so you know it, it's great to have him on your fantasy team uh, when you know that he's just gonna get the ball all the time. Um, and when he's not there, then you've got Madison that does the same thing because they just love running the ball. Yep. Number three, I've got Najee Harris from the Pittsburgh okay. Steelers. The guy, not only does he get the touchdowns through the running game, but he's involved in the passing game. The targets are there. You've got to like everything about Najee Harris if you have him in a PPR league or non-PPR league. Uh, questions about the offensive line uh, have been there throughout the season, but they still find ways to give him the ball. So, um Three running backs straight out of the back uh, for top three. Top number four is also a running back. This running back is uh, Christian McCaffrey. Although although injured, uh, Christian McCaffrey makes that team, right? And he should be able to – moving forward, I think that uh, the the, Panther, the Panthers really don't have any other options. They've got to give it to CMC. They should just change their name to the Carolina CMCs <laughs> because that's all they have. Uh, <laughs> Carolina McCaffrey's. Carolina McCaffrey's, yeah. Uh, next, I've got um, Austin Eckler. Uh, I, there's not much to not like about Eckler and the Chargers, um, especially since the they, they love using him in, in passing downs. Um, I don't, I'm not sure about his rushing yards attempt. And that, you know that you don't. He doesn't really get many as far as that. As he still gets but, like um, you know like 15 carries uh, a game, which is like. That's that's what that's what Jonathan Taylor gets like. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor just is just a beast. Uh, I mean, Eckler is as well, but I feel like Eckler gets more, does better on the passing downs and on the yeah. rushing downs as far as uh, fantasy goes. Um, number six, I have Nick Chubb. Chubba Chubba Chubba. Nick Chubb. This guy uh, has been injured. He's gotten COVID uh, issues, but once he's back, the latter half of the season, if you have Nick Chubb as your wide receiver running back one, I mean, you've got to be uh-huh. very very happy because the the Browns are another team that it's basically their run game that sort of establishes everything. And Nick Chubb is a capable uh, and, and with Kareem Hunt out, he's going to get the bulk short load of carries. So you've got to like your chances if you've got Nick Chubb. So he's number six. Uh, 
Number seven, I've got DeAndre Swift. Damn. And yeah, the he DeAndre Swift is gets the uh he's the second most targets in that Lions offense. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, again, PPR targets, like running back, what more could you want? You know, you're gonna get the points with DeAndre Swift. Um number eight, I think I've listed all, yeah, I've listed all running backs, but number Here comes eight, Cooper Cup. Here comes Cooper <laughs> Cup. That's right. Cooper Cup. You know, we haven't seen a regression game by Cooper Cup all year. Like Cooper Cup will get his numbers. Uh, it's he and I. You know, the only thing with Cooper Cup is now that you have OBJ, OBJ may take some of the targets. But I think that that's we OBJ. There's still so much to be seen, and whether or not he will be an impact to that team. Yeah, let me tell you about how much of an impact he's going to be. The Rams are favored plus 800 to win the Super Bowl. You know what they are after adding OBJ? Plus 800. Plus 800, yeah. 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 So I I still like Cooper Cup. Uh, As of, you know, top 10, I didn't want to just add running backs, so I felt like the best, you know, eight receiver, wide receiver one, Cooper Cup. I'm okay with that. It's not like it's all running backs that go in PPR or half-point PPR leagues in the top 10 anyway, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Number nine, I've got the Swiss army knife, Mr. Cordero Patterson. The guy has just been in the, just does everything for the Atlanta Falcons, Uh, runs the ball, catches the ball. I mean, the guy he's their Swiss army knife. And um, so Cordero Patterson, number ninth on my list, number 10, uh, some, a guy that may be under the radar for uh, many people, but uh, he produces uh, solid numbers. I've got Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they love giving him the ball, um, and uh, he gets he gets touchdowns, gets uh, receptions. So Joe Mixon is my guy. Nice, solid yeah. list. Those are good players. Yeah, those are good. <clears throat> I have some any, questions. So. Yeah, any any questions on on my list? No, no. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I, that so, you left off. So Cordero Patterson didn't make my list, and neither did DeAndre Swift. But outside of that, pretty much the usual suspects. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Same. You want to take the? You want to go next, speaker? Yeah, I can go next. I'll go next. So, um, number one, Jonathan Taylor consensus for me and Shovit. Um, I just at some point the Colts have to realize that if you're giving somebody less than 20 carries and he's producing at this level, like what is the limit if you're giving him 25 or 26 or 28? If they start feeding him like a true number one deserves to be fed, the sky's the limit. I don't think right now there's a better running back, healthy anyways. Um, So Jonathan Taylor is my consensus number one. Number two, Austin Eckler. I have Austin Eckler as my number two. There's three guys that won't be on this list, and I'll mention them later so you'll understand. But Austin Eckler is my number two. Um, Again, Austin Eckler with how high-flying their offense is, how much they like to throw, specifically throw to Eckler. He's literally guaranteed fantasy points because he catches the ball at least five times a game. Um, so have the, the highest floor out of Yeah, I, I agree. Them. I agree. I just think there's so much of that offense that revolves around Eckler, and they almost have a game plan to give him a certain amount of passes every game. So it's not like a running back where carries aren't always points, but catches are always points. So it's very, very important. Uh, number three, I actually have Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara hasn't been having the best year, at least when you like think about the Saints or you're like Kamara. But if you look at the numbers, he's what, third or fourth in running backs in terms of points right now? So he's still producing at an Alvin Kamara level. It's just the Saints aren't the topic of conversation because they're not they're not flashy with Drew Brees and a high-powered offense anymore. It's almost like Kamara's getting 
the bulk share of all of their production offensively. So it's almost like being lost and forgotten, but he's still Alvin Kamara. Uh, granted, he's out this week, but this was done before that. So Alvin Kamara is my number three. Number four, I have Najee Harris. Najee Harris slowly climbing the draft ranks for me. He is scary. They just love giving him the football. Um, he doesn't go down. He's anytime uh, that run that you mentioned last week where he looked like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I feel like Najee Harris had given us everything up until this point, except maybe flashes of patience like that. Mm-hmm. And that one run, one run right there. I'm like, holy shit, he, there's yeah. nothing he can't do. So yeah. the dude's scary when, when there's nothing you can't do and the offense loves giving you the football. I mean, like that's a recipe for fantasy explosion. So uh, look for Najee in the future to be possibly top, you know, number one running back going in fantasy football week. So he's my number four. Number five is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, the con- constant, underappreciated, underrated, nobody wants him, forgotten afterthought Joe Mixon, still producing as a top five running back right now. I He's the classic, I hate drafting Joe Mixon, but I am also upset that somebody else drafts him and he just is consistently really good. I'm like, I never put enough confidence in Joe Mixon just because, I don't know, he's not flashy, right? Like he's only, he's always just going to kind of get what he can get. And you always worry about the offensive outburst of that receiving core and Joe Burrow. And it's like, Oh, is is Joe Mixon going to be the afterthought there? But he's not, he's not. And it's just, he's not as flashy as the other guys, but production wise, he's still fantasy relevant. And to me, he's fifth. So um, I don't see foreseeing that changing at all because I've waited for it to change nine weeks and they're still giving him the same level of production. So uh, Joe Mixon's number five, number six is my first receiver off the board, Cooper cup. Cooper cup is number six for me. Um, he's literally the third best fantasy player so far this year. Yes. OBJ is there, but you said it yourself. Vegas doesn't give a shit about OBJ. The odds did not change at all. So the production to Cooper cup should not, um, change at all either. If anything, you worry about the rest of the spreading of the ball, uh, if with OBJ coming there, but other than that, Cooper cup, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts. He's number six for me. Number seven, I have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is interesting to me because there are weeks where Tyreek Hill underperforms just because of the chiefs offense. And then there are weeks where Tyreek Hill is the reason your fantasy team is going to win. And there's like, you're guaranteed to win some weeks with Tyreek Hill because he's putting out 40 plus points. Right. Right. But there are also weeks where the chiefs offense looks really, really shitty. And it's, it's kind of like the give and the take, but I feel like the give is literally a W on any given week that that ceiling makes Tyreek Hill too, too tough to pass up uh, at that number seven spot. Uh, on my list, he didn't make my top 10 list. I, he didn't? No, he didn't. But you're absolutely, you hit that dead on. Um, that's literally how I look at my teams. When I look at comparison between two teams, I look at my best player and the other person's best player. Uh, and Tyree Kill is usually that guy for me. And um, if he does well, it's a guarantee. I haven't lost when Tyree Kill scores like over 20 points. It just because, yeah. you know, for many reasons. But then I, I've also snuck out wins when he gets like five points. So it's a, it's a good... Uh, it's a good player to have because, uh, or, you know, that's a good way to construct your team is with one dynamic player that could win you a week. But even if he doesn't do well, you can still win the week. It's always nice to have a player like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, he's, he's closer to the bottom of the top 10, just because obviously there are for sure guys above him. And at seven, obviously there's three names running backs that I'll mention at the end, but at mm-hmm. seven, he's, it's almost like at that point you're getting too big of a value to continue to pass him up. So um, to me, he's number seven. Um, number eight, I have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has been as consistent as they come in terms of receivers. Obviously, everything I'm thinking about is half point PPR because that's what we're in. Yeah. And right now, points is the name of the game. So yes, 
Um, we love our running backs, right? We obviously love running backs. A lot of fantasy drafts are running back heavy as they should be because we've seen how people can fucking have to splurge for random ass gain wells and randos that, you know, get you 0.7 fantasy points because you have to start them on a limb. So, um, with that being said, though, Jamar Chase has been very, very pleasantly surprising, and he's not boomer bust. If you look at his game log, he's consistently getting you double digits every week. Yeah, and again, today was like 11 points. Yeah, and, and that's that's unheard of. And so incredibly consistent. That offense is ready to explode, and Jamar Chase also has sometimes the upside of a Tyree kill, so he could be getting you 40-plus points. So uh, to me, Jamar Chase is number eight. Number nine is another guy that – I pro I have always have a hard time drafting, but he's consistently really fucking Ooh. good. And that's Debo yeah. Samuel. Oh. Uh, Debo Samuel's number nine. Sorry, I should have let you guess. Uh Debo Samuel's number nine, just because again, Debo Samuel has a home run literally written any given week, right? He's getting all these random ass 80 yard catches. He can literally do nothing the rest of the game, and he's already gotten you equivalent of an RB1 in fantasy production. So the the fact that he has that capability. And it's not like they have so many other receivers that you have to worry about Debo Samuel's volume. The only volume you worry with Debo Samuel is Kittle. And at the end of the day, so far this year, Kittle has been hurt. That's why Debo Samuel's stock has risen so exponentially. Now with Kittle back, I'm just of the optimistic outlook that they're going to find a way to work both of them in unison, as opposed to like utilizing one when the other is hurt. And so with seeing how well Kittle played his first game back, I just think that's going to open up even more big play opportunities for Debo Samuel. So I got Debo Samuel number nine and number 10, I have the unicorn himself, Cordero Patterson. Um, again, there's nothing he can't do. Um, he's incredible, uh, very underappreciated undrafted running back. And he's currently RB seven on the board. So he is my 10th. Uh, I had an 11 and a 12th. I had Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones rounding out my 12. And then the three running backs I didn't have Dalvin cook, CMC and Nick Chubb, just because injuries up until this point and injury concerns going beyond. So they were just on the outside looking in, but that's my top third person, Dalvin cook, CMC and who Nick Chubb. Oh, okay. Um, those three guys made my list. One of those guys made number one on my list. Yeah. Yeah. And it is CMC. Um, CMC is number one for me. Um, it's just, I mean, yeah, the injury concerns are there. Um, but I, you know, the upside is just so high. The upside is the highest we've seen like any running back have even, even Derrick Henry doesn't have this upside because of just, uh, you know, Derrick Henry's still a volume guy, but believe it or not, he's has, he has those runs that go for no yards. He has the, it's like, he gets, 30 touches and one of them is going to explode and the numbers look phenomenal. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, he's not an efficient runner who is an efficient runner is CMC. He doesn't need that type of volume, but he can give you those kind of points through the air, through the ground. Um, and because we're starting from this point on, I am kind of just not worried about the injuries because injuries could happen to anybody. So I kind of just, uh, just ignored the injuries, but um, yeah, if we were to worry about injuries, I would have probably listed it a little differently, but I'm just hoping none of these players get hurt. Uh, CMC makes that list for everything I said uh, so far, it is the Carolina CMCs out there and uh, having um, a new starting quarterback, uh, I think helps them tremendously uh, because CMC did start his career off playing with him. And that's where CMC was born uh, getting to play with Cam Newton. And um, I think, you know, and I don't think Cam Newton is the same Cam Newton that took those rushing touchdowns from CMC those days. I think CMC is going to be the benefactor of having Cam Newton there. Um, so yeah, I think for that reason, um, CMC is number one for me, number two, Austin Eckler, uh, for everything you guys mentioned, um, he is, you know, uh, he is kind of like a CMC, but they don't have to use him like CMC because they have Keenan Allen, 
and they have Mike Williams. They have the luxury of be- being on a smarter roster rather than the Panthers, who just kind of wear CMC to the ground. They just, you know, this was bound to happen with CMC because of, how, of his usage. They could have not used him as much, and still he would have still given you a good amount of fantasy points. So Austin Eckler, uh, CMC 2.0, uh, I give him number two rights. Uh, number three is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, for everything you guys have talked about also as well. Um, this, there is no ceiling. We haven't seen a ceiling, and that's scary. So um, for that reason, I give him number three. Um, he has had a good, um, what's it called, a schedule uh, up until the time we had the conversation about CMC and Mixon. He's had an amazing schedule since then. The schedule does get a little bit harder. Um, and you know, for that reason, I moved him down to three from one because I expect productivity to go a little bit lower. But not having seen the ceiling yet uh, and – being the fastest receiver in this list, probably, uh, you just need one hole, right? With this guy, you just need a hole. You just need one dump off. It could, he could go 70 yards. So uh, he goes number three for me. Number four, Najee Harris. Um, so raw, you know, there's nothing he can't do. He is that offense, especially with Claypool out now for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, and this is a whole different team than how they started the year off. And Najee Harris has taken up the load. This isn't health. This isn't good for him long term, but we don't care about that right now. We just care about going forward this this season in fantasy. And for that reason, Najee Harris is going to be able to handle anything thrown at him and he'll give you fantasy points. Even on his worst day, getting those nine targets will make up for all the bad runs. Uh, Dalvin Cook is number five, just because, you know, out of all the running backs we talk about here, uh, MVP to their team, most valuable player to their team. It's probably CMC, but, you know, they've won games without him. We've seen that you know, Chuba can still run the ball. It's not the same production, singular production in fantasy, but they can still win games. Right. Um, and, um, Dalvin cook is pretty much on that same radar with, uh, you know, their, their, their team needs him, uh, but they don't need him because they have players like, uh, Mac and stuff. So for that reason, they're going to wear him out. They're going to use him. They're going to, you know, knowing that it's not a Najee Harris situation. Um, you know, they're not, they're not doing the same thing in Najee Harry land or Najee Harris land, but, what I'm trying to say is Dalvin Cook will get run to the ground by the Vikings. They're not worried about his ankle. They're not worried about this. They're not worried about that. There's no pitch count on Dalvin Cook. Knowing that you have Madison and now we have another superstar in the making, uh, they're not worried about Dalvin Cook. So they're going to give him all the touches he needs. And I heard uh, this week they're going to give him more touches. So it's coming. It's just it's just about to go exponentially higher for Dalvin Cook. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I had him up higher at like four earlier, but because of the news earlier, um, I don't, I'm a little scared. I'm not going to lie. They're being so sketchy about the situation. If I'm an Alvin Kamara owner, I'm seeking trades because like, I've been scarred because of last year. I lost CMC, Eckler, Nick Chubb, and some other guy. Uh, I forgot his name. I don't know who I had, but there was a lot of injuries. Um, so injuries could make and break your season. You know, uh, When you have a solid team and injuries come out of nowhere and just kill you uh it could happen so knowing this alvin kamara situation they're handling it like very very sketch and they're not hiding it very well it's just sums up um and for that reason he's still in the top 10 because of how dynamic he is but i have dropped him from four to six for that reason uh cooper cup makes my seven he is the only receiver i have on this list they're all running backs outside of that um only because of how valuable running backs are Uh, i know a lot of wide receivers have produced more than a lot of these running backs so far but i think um Doing a midseason draft, I figured we're going with uh, expected production per you know draft slot. So uh, I just kind of filled it up with running backs. Uh, Cooper Cup, however, wins 
this spot over three other running backs because of it's just this is an unreal season. We're talking Randy Moss kind of season here so far, and we've only seen half of it. He could potentially have the best fantasy wide receiver season of all time, and that deserves a top 10 spot. Uh, number eight, Nick Chubb. Um, you know, injuries have kind of messed him up, but he comes back with these injuries and goes for 200 yards. So he's one of those just innate monsters. You know, he is, he looks like a bulldog. He acts like a bulldog. He plays for a team with his logo of a bulldog. You know, it's just all things, just savagery. It's just Nick Chubb just screams savagery. And um, uh, he's starting to catch balls downfield now. And, um, you know, I think they've kind of missed Kareem Hunt and they see that. And instead of using Felton and all these other guys, they're giving the ball to Nick Chubb. So uh, he's now become even more dynamic. And for that reason, he makes the number eight spot. Number nine, Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm, I'm still not a big, huge Joe Mixon fan. I never will be, I guess, uh, because he's scarred me in the past as well. Uh, he gets all the touches, right? You're getting all the touches. He gets all the goal line touches. He is the only running back. They don't look for other running backs. And yet we're not having the same conversation as, you know, CMC or Eckler. He's still in that bottom of the first tier. Um, and I have to ask myself why, like, What's why? Like you have every opportunity. You're in an opportunity to succeed. You haven't given a silver platter yet. You can't execute. So, um, yeah, he's great. Don't get me wrong. He's a good running back to have, but I just won't have him on my team. He makes the number nine spot on my redraft. Number 10, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, there was a few other guys I could have put there, but, um, you know, playing for this dynamic offense, uh, having Pollard there, I think has only helped him because he stayed healthy longer. Um, he is a little hobbled up here and there, but with the amount of touches and with the firepower and they just got Gallup back, it just opens up the field more. And I think Zeke will easily drop 20 points. Uh, you know, he, it surprises nobody if Zeke drops 20 points per game. And I think that will be a regular somewhere between 15 to 23 points a game should be expected from Zeke here on out. So that that's basically um, that rounds up our redraft. Okay. No, that's good. Um, I like that we all had – a little bit of a difference, right? And yeah. just perspective and outtake on why we went the way we did. Um, it is crazy to see guys like Cordero Patterson, the undrafted player. He's undrafted and he's RB7 right now. I know. It's crazy. I'm happy for him. Um, but like, I'm, I'm a little worried because it's still, he's, he's doing it in ways nobody's done before, right? And that, like, you can't help but to put an asterisk there because you wonder, is this sustainable? And he's proven everybody wrong every single week. But in the grand scheme of things, is eight weeks or nine weeks really that that much, though? You know, him being that good of a player, it's like it doesn't surprise me that much because, you know, we're talking like if we're talking historically, eight games is nothing. Nine games is nothing. So I kind of expect a little bit of regression still. I might be wrong here, but um, there, I feel like these 10 players I mentioned, um, I feel like I have a more of a solid floor. Then, you know, then getting six carries a game from Patterson and then somehow getting two catching touchdowns. The, the variability is something I, I always stay away from. So it, it makes sense. You guys have them there and, you know, definitely we'll give you points, but I went with a little bit more of a for sure approach. Yeah. hundred percent. The volume volume is the name of the game. And if Patterson's not getting the volume, you always fear that. Yeah. One of those big carries isn't going to happen in the game. So when he's getting six touches and four catches, like that's not going to produce the same level of another guy who could you know take his spot in that top 10 so uh makes sense um shove it or anything to add no for yeah for me in terms of Cordero paris patterson he's he's basically the rb1 there and um uh, you know no calvin ridley uh kyle pitts gets most of the targets outside of that 
you know, you've got to think it's got to go to Cordell Patterson. So I like that pick in top 10, but I can see, um, yeah, that there, there may be some regression, but um, yeah, like I would take my chances at like nine. Mike Davis still getting like nine rushes and like two catches, you know? Um, So that, that that just scares me a little bit because when I want an RB one, I want him to be an RB one with full confidence. And I just don't have the confidence because of these, 12, t- 12 catches or targets a game Mike Davis is getting, it like scares me a little bit because one day Mike Davis is going to get hundred yards, you know, and then that might be the day a quarter pass and doesn't do good. So I don't, it hasn't happened yet. So it's a, it's, it's kind of outlandish to kind of like fade Cordell Patterson out of the top 10, but um, these other players kind of make up for it. So. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Jump it. Let's jump into the awards. So mid season awards, we each have some awards we want to give yeah. out to some guys. Uh, recognize their greatness thus far uh Shisho, you start us out this time well i have a i have some fun names but there's one that i couldn't make it fun it's just mvp uh what do you guys think is the mvp on my roster your um, roster or just fantasy football fantasy fantasy tom brady <laughs> it's actually not i was debating between tom brady and this guy jalen hurts jalen hurts probably no Tom, no. jalen hurts is the third best quarterback right now it would be foolish for me to just be like you're better than tom brady um, it's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Okay. Yeah, Cooper Cup. It's because you know Tom Brady. A lot of people kind of expected something like this with all the weapons he has, but um, Cooper Cup. We've seen him play at a different style his whole se- career, and then all of a sudden now he goes into Randy Moss territory. And um, you know, there's, there's nobody complaining about Cooper Cup that has Cooper Cup. Uh, there's really nothing bad to say about him. So I think that deserves an MVP award. Yeah, especially from a receiver. Per- uh, position. I think he's, he's third in overall fantasy points. He's literally above every um, quarterback. Yeah. He's above every non quarterback. Derek Henry. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's, so I think he's got more. Oh, points. Yeah. Oh, so, now, probably. Well, okay. So last night doesn't count because Lamar Jackson's points have already updated. Tom Brady is number one in overall fantasy points and then Jalen hurts. And then it's Cooper cup. Nice. So. Yeah, I mean that's in, that's insane from a receiver in terms of production. He has two more fantasy points than the quarterback that throws to him, Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Damn, wild. Um, that makes sense. That, that that's definitely MVP worthy. Um, I had okay. I might as well tell you my because I had a Cooper Cup award as well. But my name for the Cooper Cup award was target practice <laughs> because the what's you know the lowest number of targets he's gotten in a game this year? Yeah, what like nine? Exactly nine. Damn. Every, I would have guessed six. Every other game has been double digits, and his lowest targets has been nine. That is insane. That's insane. I mean, if you're playing in a PPR or a half-point PPR, again, every catch is basically five yards for a running back who's not getting those PPR catches. So it's, like, insane to think about. Five catches is already, what, 30, uh, 25 yards? Which is crazy. Yeah. Unheard of. Unheard of on, on a team that has Woods, has Higby, you um the Jefferson had had Deshaun Jackson. You would think that Matthew Stafford would kind of throw the ball around, um, spread it out just because just because he can. But uh, to see Cooper Cup with nine targets is a minimum. That's it's, I mean that's unheard of. Yeah. So what else? You, what else you have to show? Uh, should I just do my whole list and then someone else does their whole list or what? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just gonna go down. I feel like you might have some other people that we have. So if it's an overlap, okay. just chime in. Um, I have the thank you for your service award. All right, hold on. Let us guess. I'm guessing this is you. I'm guessing this is somebody on your team. Thank you for your. Uh, no, no, this is me. No, so you don't even know what the award means. First of all, you got to figure out what the award means. And Thank then... you for your service. Is this some kind of? Uh... He's a veteran. 
I was literally thinking the same thing, but it, it, I don't know any players that are veterans except movie. For- Two words. No, I'm playing. Um, yeah, I should just tell you. Otherwise, we're gonna go like four hours. Yeah, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> uh, thank you for your service award. Goes to Derek Henry because um, he's gone. Oh, and, salute. Um, it was nice watching him. So thank you for your service, Derek Henry. Yeah. He'll be back. He may be back. Uh, yeah, fantasy. Not for uh, fantasy. Probably not for fantasy. Yeah, probably not for fantasy. Maybe but... for like playoff playoffs, but not. Yeah. For- Playoff fantasy week 14, week 15. Any chances he come of Derrick Henry coming back then? There is always a chance. Um, okay. Um, and then um, thanks for nothing award. Oh, Antonio Gibson. <laughs> no. Oh, man. It's Miles Sanders. Not I have them both written down. It's a co. It's a co award. Yeah. I can't see it because you're a background. Yeah. So I also have a Antonio Gibson award. And that the name for that award is the Con Award. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay, biggest con, con artist yeah. ever yeah yeah um so yeah thanks for nothing award goes to Antonio Gibson and Miles Sanders con award anything like that you have any awards I don't have, I don't have anything oh I do I do my my uh, I have a flash in the pan award flash in the pan award is that Cordell Patterson no flash in the pan I don't even know what that means yeah, yeah. what's it what's it reference to do you know like the the saying like they're a flash in the pan? Oh yeah, Nebraska thing. No, <laughs> flash in pan. It's a it's a thing or a person whose sudden but brief success is not repeated or repeatable. Oh, oh, yeah, like they're just a flash in the pan. Is it Connor? No. <laughs> flash in the pan. What what does that even mean? Like what pan? Or, like frying pan? Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. It, it's literally just a phrase. It's a saying. And I give it to Mike Williams because Mike, oh. week one through three had 18 points, 18 points, 29 points. Week six through nine, 3.7, 2.9, 6.8. So he gets oh, my okay. flash in the pan award because he had me so excited. We were talking about how if you have Mike Williams, you're probably going to win your fantasy league. And you still may, right? Still a long season, but. Um, yeah, you'll get it this week. You yeah. score a touchdown right there. Like, I mean, I'm still, actually, no, I'm, we're still not home. Scared, I'm still scared to start him, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see that success sustained, but he's been nothing but a flash in the pan. He got me super yeah. excited early on and then he's just been nothing but disappointment. So he got my flash in the pan. Nice. All right. I've uh, got, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I've got um, two more awards. Uh, so one award is the vanilla award. Vanilla award. Yeah. The Vanilla Award also could be called the Age Ain't Nothing But a Number Award. Yeah. What number? The Age Ain't Nothing But a Number Award. Tom Brady? That's right. Tom Brady. Did you talk about this beforehand? <laughs> yeah, he had asked he had <laughs> asked me about it. So, <laughs> okay, okay. so he right. gets he gets the vanilla award because bluebell vanilla ice cream flavor is such a great flavor, but doesn't get the love. Like, you know, your Rocky Roads or your Butterscotch or your Caramel. You have all these new flavors coming about. New flavors. But vanilla is the goat. It's it's the best flavor. You know, you with the brownie, what do you want? You want a nice vanilla ice cream with your brownie. And it's just really amazing. And, yeah, brownie can be whatever you want it to be. So, okay. uh, for that, uh, the vanilla award goes to the goat, Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. He got my AJ nothing but a number award. He's literally the number one fantasy football player right now. Yeah. He is number one in quarterbacks, and he was drafted 99th overall, 10th round. So, yeah, he. I I also gave him an award. It's called the Indestructible Award. Yep. Because 
just, valid. I don't know. He's never going to die. Yeah. He's immortal. The dude's fucking immortal. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next award. Um, Shoba, you just want to finish off your last award? Sure. So my last award is the MIB award, which also stands for Thank most improved bro award. Most improved bro. Yeah. A group? <laughs> no, it's not, that's a good one though. No, it's Cordell Patterson. Uh, you know, just, just saw it from, came out of nowhere. Also another name for that award was nobody told me. Nobody told me oh. award. Cause nobody Shout told me about. Shout out to Aish. Shout nobody to told me about. What, what time are we at? I'm going to tell him to look up this time. <laughs> Yeah, so nobody told me about Cordell Patterson. Also, he's the most improved bro, so he gets my MIB slash somebody told me. Okay. I also had it. I also had an award for him called the Mystical Being because he's a fucking because right. unicorn. Nice. I I mine's kind of boring. I I had him under underdog award. Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, uh, so I will finish my um. I have an I'm so sorry award. I'm so sorry. Some sorry that you doubted somebody. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what it means? Somebody you doubted. Who did you doubt? No, it's not. It's not somebody I doubted. I'm so sorry. Um, Saquon Barkley. Is it Patrick Mahomes? No, I'm not sorry for him. He's playing. Saquon Barkley. Are you sorry for Saquon Barkley? No, I'm not sorry for him either. It's a tough game, man. Sometimes you get hurt. Uh, So I'm so sorry for Allen Robinson that he has to play in that shitty team. I'm so sorry, Allen Robinson. You deserve so much better. He deserves better. He does. And then my last awards rookie of the year award didn't didn't make it flashy name, but uh um, yeah, I'm giving it to Najee Harris. It's, it was between Jamar Chase and Najee Harris, and um, I think whoever has a chance of getting hurt more and doesn't get hurt and still produces uh, overcomes that situation, I give them that award. And Najee Harris has to run. He has to, you know he gets he has to catch. He gets he gets, beat up. He gets beat up, and yet he's still beating other people up too. So I, I'll give him that award. Yeah. If I had to put a bet, I would take Najee Harris from now till the end of the season for who wins rookie of the year. Did I take a bet? Ooh, yeah. Shit. Between him and no, I'm saying if I had to place a bet between him and Jamar Chase to win rookie of the year, I'd take Najee Harris today. I have one more award. Okay. It's the Lady Cooper Award. Lady Cooper? Yeah. Is that from a show? I don't know. I don't know what it's from. <laughs> I don't I mean, know what it's from. The names I'm thinking of is Cooper Cup <laughs> and uh there's no way you got an award for. Is it a, is it Amari Cooper? No, it's the no. other Cooper. That'd be too easy. What other Cooper? Cup? The guy that throws to Amari Cooper one time when he plays Cooper against Rush. The Cooper Rush. No, no, it is the Lady Cooper Award because a star is born. It's going to Jonathan Taylor. Oh, Jonathan Taylor is the new star in this motherfucking league. Okay, so okay. that's why it goes to Jonathan Taylor. I Lady see. Cooper, get it? Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born. Oh! Wow. wow. Had to, like, really go different routes um, to get there. That was, was well was, done. Uh, if it was Bradley Gaga, I may have figured that yeah, one out. Yeah, that was too easy. Gaga was <laughs> too easy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was my last award. What else do you guys have? That's the, My awards are done. I had, like, six awards. <laughs> Shovey, do you have any other awards? No, those are all my awards. Um, we got yeah. MIB, Vanilla, and the Con Award. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. So Tom Brady, Cooper Cup, uh, Cordero Patterson. Uh, who else did you have? You had Me? Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I had uh, Cooper Cup MVP, underdog CPAT. Thank you for your service. Derek Henry, rookie of the year. Najee, thanks for nothing. Antonio Gibson slash Miles Sanders. I'm so sorry, Alan Robinson. And indestructible Tom Brady. That's solid. That is a solid list of awards. Um, it's crazy to look back because I. it's always the what if, could if 
story, right? When you're thinking about who you could have drafted or should have drafted. And I just remember being number one. And here's the funny thing is I would have fucked up either way because I guess I had three options and who I really wanted to take number one. Mm -hmm. It was between CMC, obviously, who I was very reluctant because of injuries, even though it would have been stupid if I did not take him. Derrick Henry was my other option, but Derrick Henry was, I was still worried that there were too many guys above him for PPR perspective that would outproduce him. And then the third guy was like, no, I thought, I thought I was going to be like, oh, watch, it's going to be the resurgence of Saquon. So I honestly was considering taking Saquon, which I would have been really, really fucking horrible if I took Saquon. But um, nonetheless, I mean, the the team that's doing really good in our league, you, you have Jonathan Taylor. Riaz has Najee Harris. And then in my other league, the number one player has both Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris. So it's like a very – you're seeing similar players on these teams yeah. that are winning halfway through the season – that are doing well just because of the value from a Jonathan Taylor or value from a Najee Harris. And, you know, those guys that went way later that are doing a lot better. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for all the likes, the subscriptions, the follows, the messages, the DMS uh, at the only playbook everywhere, except Twitter. We're the only playbook. Hit us up. Appreciate all the support. Um, Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.